the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm so glad that you are joining us today. We have a great guest that I'm really excited about, and I hope you had a great week. And I want to remind you that if you don't get to listen to the shows in its entirety, you can always go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And again, my name is spelled kind of differently, so it's spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And all the shows are there um, in podcasts. So you can listen to them. So if you start to listen to the show today and you're driving and you can't finish, make sure you log into the website and you can listen to the rest of the show in its entirety. So today I have one of our friends from Focus on the Family, which they are always so helpful at giving us great resources and great people to talk to. And this is Glenn Lutchens, and he is a Focus on the Family counselor. And so he really he, he was giving me some idea about what the services that Focus on the Family has available to the entire world, actually. I think it, they generally work more in the United States, but they do get international calls. And so he does a great service by doing a 30-minute assessment and trying to get you hooked up with a therapist in your area or help you to understand maybe more of what's going on, what needs to change, what needs to happen, and kind of directing you to different resources so, Glenn, thank you so much for joining us today. Cynthia, my pleasure. Well, and you are a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am. So have you done private practice in the past? I have, and uh, actually I still do. Oh, um, good. Okay. In the counseling department, uh, four days is considered full-time, so I have a private practice in Colorado Springs. I previously had done some work down in Canyon City, which is about an hour south of uh, of Colorado Springs, and did some work there, but uh, now... My private practice day is Fridays, and uh, also I'm at Focus on the Family four days. Oh, that's awesome! So you've been you've been doing this for quite some time, then. I have, I have. It's uh, just starting uh, 21 years uh, at Focus on the Family. Wow, that's amazing! Yeah. So tell us the story of how this uh, this all kind of just bur- just turned into this big, huge service that you guys give. Well, years ago, when Focus on the Family first started, Dr. Dobson did the radio broadcast, and people would write in, and they'd write in, they might have a question, and so he would try to respond to it. Uh, before very long, he realized he couldn't keep up with uh, all the responses, and so uh, another individual joined him, and they, they wrote responses back. But then uh, just the number of people who uh, turned to Focus on the Family and sought insight and input uh, just increased, so the counseling 
department got birthed, we provide a, a consultation. It's a one-time uh, initial consultation. If there's some resources that uh, might be helpful for people, ones that uh, we're familiar with that focus on the family, uh, we have a, a Christian counseling network of over 1,500 uh, Christian counselors uh, around the country, people who share a similar perspective on faith issues. There's not just one one particular counseling approach. There's a variety, but uh, people can find names locally. And so we try to respond to the needs that are out there. I often say uh, we respond to everything from, from toilet training to suicide wow. and um, everything in between. Being a licensed marriage family therapist, I probably get a few more of the uh, marriage calls, relationship calls um, in regards to what people are dealing with. And I know that you really vet these people out that you refer to. Yeah, there's a, a pretty lengthy 11-page uh, questionnaire, and uh, they all have to be licensed in the state in which they they practice. Um, they all have to be, you know, have their own insurance coverage. I mean, there are just some different things that are important, and uh, we ask them a number of questions as far as um, kind of spiritual perspective. Each one uh, has to give a, a brief testimony of personal faith in Jesus Christ. So we find that that's uh, really a key ingredient to to life and 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 growth. So uh, that's important to us, and we want people who reflect that in the names. They're not a part of Focus on the Family, um, but they're in private practice in, right, in exactly. various locations throughout the country. Well, that's, ama- that's amazing, and I think it's really exciting because God really wants his people healthy. And, you know, we really try to take away the stigma of therapy. I, You know, I right. frequently tell all of my clients, I say, you know, Truly, the, the people that are in therapy are the safest people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, well, we're, the, I, we're the ones that care. We're the ones that, that don't want to hurt people. Right, and if you if you look at even in Scripture, Proverbs, the Book of Proverbs speaks about the person who's open to input. You know, they're not saying they've got it all together. They're not saying they deal with life perfectly, but they're willing to grow. I mean, those are the people that are really seen as being wise and and having a real sense of, of prudence. And so is this, this is mainly for resourcing people. Is this also your hotline for suicide or crisis? Is it You know, we don't have, I wouldn't call it a suicide hotline because um, it's not open, you know, 24 hours a day. Um, But we certainly do get calls from people who may be struggling, you know, what's going on in, in their life, maybe feeling pretty overwhelming. We try to connect them to some resources locally, but I wouldn't say it's a suicide hotline. Right. So it's really more um, but, resources. Yeah. Right. Wow, that's awesome. So, you know, the second thing I want listeners, I want you to know that we're also, as we are talking about just this great resource, because we are doing this, this um, kind of emphasis on relationships as we start the new year. So remember, two weeks ago, we did boundaries. And last week, we did codependency. So we're really talking to Glenn today about really resourcing ourselves so that we can really be the people that God has called us to be. And then he's also going to talk to us about the five reasons not to marry someone because he is a licensed professional marriage and family therapist. So he really knows his business. So I'm glad that we're going to be talking about this because next week we are going to talk about why God wants us in relationship. So, so Glenn, why did you come up with this, this particular title of five reasons not to marry someone? Well, it really comes out of just my work at Focus on the Family, having been there now for uh, starting my 21st year and and talking with literally thousands of people about marriage. A lot of times it's been a situation where people are in a challenging, difficult relationship, um, and and my heart goes out to them, and we're, we're glad they're giving us a call, but there's a part of me that wishes that maybe 5, 10, 15 years before 
maybe we would have had the chance to speak. Because there are certain times where you can see certain issues. You can see red flags coming before before a person enters into the marriage relationship. The desire that we have, and I think it's a God-given desire for marriage, sometimes can can make it easy to be blinded to some red flags either in other people or even red flags in ourselves. So that really was the uh, kind of the, the perspective of people when they're in a situation, maybe even before they're even even in, even dating someone, because a lot of times when they're in a relationship and they've spent some time in that relationship, their emotions, the excitement of, quote, being in love is very powerful. And so sometimes people aren't looking objectively at things. So the wisdom, I think, of being ready for marriage personally, individually, uh, but then also being able to look for what are, you know what are the qualities that are going to be important to avoid. I think it's just as important to know what the red flags are as opposed to just knowing what the qualities to look for. And they they kind of you know it's a flip side to uh, to the same the same question. Well, I, you know, I think you bring up a good point. This idea of readiness for marriage, and you know, what really constitutes being ready? Because obviously. Marriage is also intended to cause us to continue to grow and change and be who God has called us to be. And so there is this this necessary stage of readiness if you want to have the marriage initially that you would like to have and not have to do all of your work while you're married. Right. You know, but there is that readiness piece. And what, what does that look like for you when you talk to people about that? I think there are a couple of things that are most crucial. One of them, and this is one that really has developed over over the years uh, in, in talking with people, and I realize this may be quite a, a statement. I may not be remembering every scenario that I've spoken with people and I've asked this question, but there's there's a couple of questions that I often will ask people, and I'll do this when it's in reference to uh, people who are married and also people who are, are looking at the, the possibility of marriage. But here are the two questions. The, the first is looking at one's own model that they saw as far as marriage. And obviously there are a variety of different circumstances. Some people may have grown grown up without mom or dad, maybe raised by a grandparent. Uh, some people may be raised by one parent, maybe mom and dad divorced or were separated. Maybe mom and dad were together, but uh, there was a lot of tension. So the question I'll ask them is this. If they grew up with their mom and dad, what percentage of their parents' marriage would be healthy to see replicated in another marriage? And Wait, say that again. Okay. I ask them this question. I say, when you look at your parents' marriage, and let's say reflecting back when you were about you know, 10 or 12, something in there where your memory is fairly you know, reasonable, but you're still fairly young as a child, what percentage of your parents' marriage at that time when you were about 10 or 12 would be healthy to see replicated in another marriage, in, in, in your own marriage when you get married? Um, and a lot of times I get, you know, zero. Um, right. I'll get 50%. Um, sometimes I'll get people who say 100%. I know they're not telling the truth. <laughs> you know, no parent is perfect. Right. Um, but the model, and I call it a lot of times in the field of counseling, you, you hear the phrase uh, family of origin. I use a little different phrase when I'm talking about the model that people saw, and that is the marriage of origin. What was that marriage like? Was it an A-grade marriage? I mean, not perfect because no human beings are, but... Um, was was it a good model? Would would a person say ninety percent of what I saw I'd love to see replicated in my own marriage? And when two people can say that they saw an A grade marriage, there often are not those issues. Now I realize that when people are are struggling uh, and and maybe have not seen a good model, it doesn't mean that they can't have a good marriage. 
but it typically takes a whole lot more work because you got to work through some of those almost what I would call default drive ideas of marriage that people saw growing up. Um, and, kind of, and they kind can of, work through it, right. but it'll, it'll take time. It's kind of undoing so that you can redo, you know, Absolutely. you have to undo the, those things that you kind of picked up osmosisly. I, I talked to clients about, you know, this idea that you, you kind of learn relationships the way you learn the English language. Mm-hmm. You just kind right. of absorbed it. And yeah. so it comes natural and it is the default. And it's kind of like that, you know, the, the I Love Lucy show when Ricky Ricardo flips back to Spanish. Right. You know, and Lucy's like, I don't understand anything you're saying. Right. And we yeah. kind of find that in relationships. So, well, we're coming think, up. Go ahead. We're coming up on uh, about the, at the, the break. So you have about 30 seconds. Okay. Um, I, could, I can just wait as far as what I was going to share. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm so, thanks for being on the show. Now, listeners, I want to remind you, this is, um, this show is also on a podcast on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can also see me on Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. And we have today with us Glenn Lutchens from Focus on the Family, and he is one of their counselors. And he, is, he has been in practice for 21 years. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And he is talking to us about the five reasons not to marry. And we are going to talk about if you feel like you married the wrong person, we are going to talk about that one, too. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. Well, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Faith Talk, 1360 AM Radio. So glad that you joined us today. And we are talking with Glenn Lutchens from Focus on the Family. And Focus on the Family is one of our great friends. And they send us such great people to help us have those healthy relationships. You know, God is a very relational God. And that is one of the primary reasons he sent Christ was to be in relationship. And so relationships, he takes them very seriously. So Glenn is talking to us today about the five reasons not to marry. And we ended with this idea of a marriage of origin and what that really looks like and how that affects the way we perceive marriage, the way we are going to do marriage. Um, And so, Glenn, I'm going to have you kind of talk, you know, about that, the point that you were going to make as we came to the very end of that segment. Okay. Yeah. When Jesus said in Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I think that relates to a lot of different areas and issues in our life. It may relate to a person who didn't see a good model of marriage. It may relate to a person who uh, was criticized, bullied, abused, you name it. Whatever this experience of life has been, that's not the way we would have written the script. I think one of the important things is making sure that we give ourselves the chance to lean into the pain, to feel what that that pain is. And, And a lot of times, as Christians, our natural tendency is, well, let's look to the truth. And I think truth is important, but if we're not honest with the pain, if we don't give ourselves the chance to face it, we're going we're gonna to really not work through it in most situations. There's, a, there's an interesting passage, this is in the Old Testament passage, the book of Lamentations, Lamentations 3, 16 through 24. And what it does is it places side by side two important truths. One is the importance of dealing honestly with our pain. Speaking of God, Jeremiah says, he has made my teeth grind on gravel. I have forgotten what happiness is, so I say God is my hope and my glory. He's just kind of putting it out there. But then the very next verse, in verse 21, he says, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So that two-step process is making sure we face 
honestly, the pain of our life, leaning into it, grieving it, dealing with it, and then focusing in on the truth. Now, I've spent more time in a dentist chair in my life than I would like, and there are basically two steps that a dentist does when dealing with a cavity. The first is you drill. You drill out the decay. You got to get all the decay out. If you drill half of it out and say, okay, I got to go, you know, I got to go play golf or something like that, so let me fill it, it'll be all right for a while, but eventually that decay is going to eat from the inside out. And if a dentist keeps drilling after the decay is gone, it's going to be a problem too. So the drilling part is facing the pain, and then the truth part is, or the, the, the filling part is looking at the truth beyond our pain, which really has to do with who we are in Christ if a person is trusted in Jesus, and, and all that's ours in Jesus Christ. I think that's really important because, you know, what comes with that, that pain issue is also maybe a myriad of other feelings that you don't want to feel, like guilt right. for being angry with your parents or guilt right. for not liking them or guilt for, you know, maybe you take on the guilt of your family. Maybe you thought you were the reason their marriage was bad. Right. And so it can get quite complicated. Well, and a lot of times, I mean, we don't like to touch pain. We were initially created for a world without pain. So we just try to do whatever we can. We find things in life that stop the pain, be it addictions, be it um, just, you know, even even performance as a a Christian can be a way of trying to stop the pain and just, just moving ahead without really seeing that God wants obedience, but he wants an open, honest heart that's not trying to be good to gain his love, but because we have been loved. I think that's really important because there, you know, I tell clients, you can have pain for gain or pain in vain, but you right. can never have no pain. Absolutely. So I really want the pain to be for gain. And that means right. that I'm a stronger, more resilient person, a more merciful person, compassionate person, honest person, safe person, you know. And so when we, when we go into a marriage in that way, I think that helps, you know, I, we left that last segment when I talked about, wow, what if I feel like I married the wrong person? What I really talk to people about when it comes to that is, you know, the healthier you are, the safer you are, the more you recognize what side of the street you're doing and what that is doing to the marriage in and of itself before you decide that you've married the wrong person. Right. Well, and and I believe God is in the, the business of change, changing us as a person, changing a spouse. Uh, and so we can, and I think the the two elements that I often encourage people to really consider are acceptance and accountability. It's real easy to come into a marriage, particularly if a person is following Jesus and, and, and re- let's say recognizing that a spouse's responses are often not the best. It's real easy to say, well, if I can just love this person, if I can just love them with the Lord's love, that'll take care of everything. That's part of the equation, but we also have to have those healthy boundaries too. So acceptance and accountability in balance, are, I think, are really crucial. I think that's, that's very well said. So you had two points that you were looking at. You were saying, you know, the first one is this marriage of origin and looking at that. What is the second right. point? Well, the second, the second one is um, if, we're, if we're looking to marriage to make us happy, it's going to disappoint us. Um, it's real easy for people to say, well, as a single person, I'm not content. And, you know, if only I, I were married, then, then life would be meaningful. And, and I really think there's a lot of truth to that, to that phrase. I'd rather be single and wish I were married than married and wish I were single. Absolutely. Because when people are looking for, uh, you know, contentment, if I, if I just get married, then I'm going to be content. What they're more likely to find is the landmine than the gold mine. If they're content <laughs> as a single person, then they're more likely to find the gold mine. Because if you have two individuals who are not looking to the other person to make them happy, to make them content, to, to make them joyful, but they desire to share that together, then I think 
the, the different aspects that God created marriage to be can fulfill as far as their purpose together, being, being used by the Lord, enjoying each other, dealing with conflict, hopefully constructively, uh, laughing together, crying together. I mean, there's a lot that can be experienced because God has made us relational beings. Well, I think that's important to really look at because if we, if we are looking to marriage to make us happy, we will inevitably pick the wrong person. And we're going to probably put a lot of pressure on that other person that they can't. And they're probably, if they're looking the same way, they're trying, you know, each person is looking at the other person to make them happy. You know, they're going to kind of have that puzzled look on their face and be sorely disappointed when they find out it doesn't work that way. Well, and I think this is part of the, the culture that we have in America, that we are always looking outside of ourselves for happiness. And we are always looking to feel better and to feel good. And and we end up putting a lot of pressure on marriage. And then what happens is, the culprit becomes getting married. And we right. have all these people that say, well, then I just won't get married, and then I won't have any problems in my relationship. Right, right. Or if things are tough, then let me just, let me just end it, because obviously I didn't find the right person. So what, what, what are some of the things that you say to people? We have about one minute, if you can fit it into that, mm-hmm. that um, when they feel like they've married the wrong person. Well, I believe when people have walked down the aisle together or whatever the scenario may be as far as making that covenant together, they have entered into a promise that now this person becomes the right one. There may be difficulties, and and again, humanly speaking, there may be a lot of struggle along the way, but it's what God does desire to teach us through those difficulties that can really provide spiritual growth, emotional growth, relational growth. And if people look at it as this is an opportunity for God to do something that, humanly speaking, would, be, would not be possible. But we can, if both people are willing to, to work at it, both people are willing to commit to that relationship and take those steps. Again, a lot of times when people haven't seen a good model, it does become difficult to really uh, be able to move forward. So I think that one of the key elements is a willingness to really face what those past pains have been. I think that's excellent. So we're coming up on, on a hard break here. We have, we're at the half, halfway segment. So listeners, I want to encourage you to continue listening because we are going to address further those reasons of why not to marry, especially for you single people. I think this is imperative for you to be looking at this. And so this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. Always visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and look at my Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. for all kinds of inspirational and motivational messages throughout your day. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. So remember, if you're just joining in and you didn't get to listen to this first uh, half hour of the show, to go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can listen to the show in its entirety. I really don't think you will want to miss it. I have with me one of our friends from Focus on the Family. This is Glenn Lutchens, and he is one of the counselors there, and he's been in private practice also uh, for 21 years, and so and with focus on the family for 21 years. So we've really been talking about this issue of marriage and five reasons not to marry, and and what that really means, and what happens when you are married. So Glenn, thank you so much for joining us again for this next half hour. You're very welcome. And we kind of were talking off air a little bit about you know this idea of you're walking down the aisle, and at that point. 
a lot of the thinking has to be, this is the person of my choice and this is the person God has for me and keeping that mindset and not letting yourself start to reevaluate and become fickle. Right. Right. Yeah. When, when things get difficult, which they will, I mean, inevitably you have two human beings who are imperfect. Uh, they're going to get impatient with each other. They're going to maybe say something that's, that's hurtful. It's going to be real easy and real tempting when, some difficulty comes up in the relationship to think, oops, maybe maybe I didn't find that person. And in our society now, we hear that phrase soulmate uh, bantered about. And I, I think there's there's a piece of it which is not a bad thing. And that is where, where people can learn that there's someone that they can share their heart with and, and an openness. That's, that's the good piece of it. But a lot of it really focuses in on the idea of you find that one right person that's the right fit for you and that you'll get along with perfectly. And when people don't experience that, it's real easy and real tempting to say, well, I just must have married the wrong individual. We, we don't like hard. And so when marriage has some challenging and hard things to it, it's real easy to want to bail on it. Well, that, I think that's one of the hardest things, and I, you know, I like to remind myself and, and clients how wonderful it is when you first get to know Christ, and then what what He must be experiencing as He really starts to be married to you, starts to be in relationship with you, and His commitment and His long suffering and His willingness, you know, to go through that hardship with us as we grow and develop as Christians, and so we want to follow that model that says, you know, this is the person that I chose, this is who I'm committed to. And and we know that people can change, if, obviously, if they are so willing, and that we, we really want to be mature adults about this and recognize that we can go through seasons that are uncomfortable. You know, I, I will tell clients, okay, so you have a bad two years out of 40. You know, what does that mean? You know, it's like that, that's just part of this is, this is really what humans are about. And the fantasy life that, that we like to entertain of the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then, and what it should be, you know, really ushers in the enemy of our soul to really lie to us about the reality of human relationships. And does, right. I'm, not, I'm not saying this should be hard all the time, obviously. Right. So how, how do you encourage people with this? Well, I, I think it's being able to look at it from the larger perspective. I mean, certainly people need to be safe and uh, you know, focus on the family is very careful to encourage people. If you're in an abusive relationship, you need to be safe and not just say, well, I need to stick it out because I, I you know I made this this decision but getting safe is, is an important step that people can take and even after that people spouses can change and there can be growth but I, I think it's the realization that that marriage in many ways is is a combination of moving toward as well as having healthy and good boundaries in the relationship so there there definitely are times where people need to communicate when someone is communicating to them in a way that is unhealthy and that they need some space, they need some healthy boundaries. I was just dealing with this scenario recently with two of my children where, you know, there needs to be some space and one kind of gets irritating to the other. It's important for the other to be able to convey that I need some space right now and that needs to be respected. And so people can uh, be able to, to, to move apart and be able to then reapproach. And I think one of the, the biggest problems that people encounter is when tension starts to rise, people don't take that break soon enough. They allow it to just kind of escalate, and then finally something is said or done that's been really painful, really hard. So if people can can develop those good boundary relationships of being able to say, I often encourage people to use this phrase, I want to hear what you have to say, can you please rephrase that? And when when a situation has started to escalate a little bit, that might be enough to bring the conversation back to where we can continue it right now. 
If not, if that doesn't bring it back to a reasonable tone, we may need to delay and wait. But God is doing something in each person. The person who's looking at their spouse and saying, boy, this this maybe wasn't the, the right choice, God's doing something in them. Because again, as you mentioned before, God has received us in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our pain. And, and he's going to do something if we allow him to do it. If the spouse is willing to allow God to do that work in them, God is going to bring about a great art piece. I think that's that's very well said and very encouraging. Because, you know, humans, we, we can be difficult, and we don't want to think that we're the difficult one. So we're coming to another break. We have one more segment. Join me again, listeners, with Glenn Lechens from Focus on the Family. Uh, he's a licensed marriage and family therapist who's really talking to us today about five reasons not to be married, and we're talking about what to do when you are married. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. So glad that you're joining me. And we are talking today about the five reasons not to marry someone. And I have with me one of the experts at Focus on the Family, Glenn Lutchens. He's a licensed, and, uh, licensed marriage and family therapist. So glad that he's here today talking to us about really just the idea of marriage and the importance of it how a God-centered marriage actually certainly works, why we should maybe considering not getting married to the person that we're dating and not just pressing through and continue to to drive at home and, and ignoring maybe some of those red flags. And I think Glenn has some some ideas that might be different red flags than you've heard before. So, Glenn, thank you again for joining us. So glad that you're here. You're very welcome, Cynthia. So talk to me about, you know, you do premarital therapy and counseling. And, and when you're seeing couples, what, what would be some of those reasons that you were alluding to as to not to marry the person? Well, I'm a big proponent, actually, of pre-engagement counseling. Absolutely. It can't, Thank it you can't for be saying done. that. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be done too soon. Otherwise, that just kind of pushes the relationship forward. But when people have not yet made a decision, they're much more likely to be willing to consider either waiting or maybe even a decision not to marry someone. When somebody has a wedding dress picked out or tuxedos or an invitation or the venue for the reception, they're not going to want to, you know, they're not going to want to say anything that's going to jeopardize moving forward into marriage. So I think people tend to be a whole lot more open and honest with where they're at when it's a pre-engagement type setting. I love that. So what, so what are some of the things that, that you may be addressing with people? I think it's important that people not marry someone just because others want them to. Absolutely. I mean, it might be friends who are saying, oh, here's a great person. You're not getting any younger. Uh, or you make, such a, you make such a great couple. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Uh, or mom and dad. Now, yes. it doesn't mean that people shouldn't receive input from, from parents or friends. I right, mean, other exactly. people can give them wise input. But if the person is not really interested in that relationship, or, or one, sometimes it can be a situation where the boyfriend or girlfriend is just trying to pressure, and so a person's thinking, well, yeah, we need to be loving. I need to accept another individual. You know, I'm not perfect, so I should just kind of accept whatever comes down the pike. But we, can, I really believe that during that courtship time, and I'm using courtship in a broad sense, not just simply as one aspect, but in that broad sense of time before you're married, it's important for people to really take an honest look and say, could I be married to this individual? Because marriage a lot of times, and this, this maybe doesn't sound wonderful, but I've, I've seen it in the work that I do as, as a counselor, and that is when people marry, 
whatever issues are there, they're probably going to intensify maybe 15, 20% more than they were before marriage. Because before marriage, you can go home, you know, you can, you you can, can wait. You get some time, you get a break. Yeah. And you don't have to deal with the, the budgets and the dirty diapers of life. So you're not dealing with all of the same stuff that you will afterwards. So it's wise to, to really not be pressed into a marriage just because others think it's a decision that you should you should make. You know, I also, think, uh, let me just take a moment sure. because that's a really important point. I think in our Christian communities, we, mm-hmm. we get some of this feeling that everybody else is coupling. And so we feel good about right. our relationship because we're part of a bunch of other couples that are moving forward. Right. And sometimes, you know, when I when I get people by themselves and I say, you know, what is going on like in your gut? I mean, that's the mm-hmm. wisdom part of you, you know, right. that, that you're kind of having to talk yourself into something. What's the internal dialogue that's going on with you uh, of justifying? And when people start to think, wow, I am kind of rationalizing and justifying and maybe talking myself into this. But there's such a great guy or there's such a wonderful woman and everybody right. loves them. Well, it's important to determine, too, are my fears because of other unresolved issues? In other words, let's say a person grew up with, you know, the marriage of of origin was one that was maybe a 25% positive marriage. And so a person's real hesitant, or maybe mom and dad got divorced. And so are my fears related to some emotions that I just kind of pushed down and pushed down and said, you know, well, marriage is a good thing. It's of God and and all those things. So where are my fears really coming from? Is it about this other individual or is it something that I need to process and work through myself? I think that's really important. And and it is that other relationship that we that we have with God, that we really want to trust God with our future. And that Absolutely. he has good plans for us, and we don't have to make those plans always happen. Yeah, yeah. And that really ties into really, I think, the, the next reason not to marry someone, and that is don't marry someone who is not a spiritual equal. I'm not saying that it would never work out. I mean, I've talked with people where, you know, maybe they married somebody who was not a believer when they married, but or maybe was, but, you know, has grown in their faith. But the majority of times, I think it, that doesn't, it's not the, the model. And Scripture certainly says to not be unequally yoked. Uh, what I find interesting, a lot of times people will, will hear that passage, 2 Corinthians 6, and they'll, they'll interpret it as meaning if one person is a Christian, it means that they have to marry another person who is a Christian. Now, I, I believe it means that, but I believe it means more than that. Right, the Apostle exactly. Paul were only wanting to make sure that both people were, were Christians. He would probably have used a, a metaphor of being in the same field or the same barn or the same stall, but he uses an analogy of an agricultural tool, a yoke, which would bind two oxen together. Two things have to happen in order for that to be effective. One is they have to move in the same direction. The other is they have to move at the same pace. If they're not moving at the same pace, you get a pretty funny looking you know, field. Um, but, but moving together at the same pace is really an important thing when, when people are seeking to grow and to be an encouragement to each other in their spiritual life. And, and ultimately, that our, that our contentment as a person is ultimately coming from who I am in Jesus. Yes, a marriage is a good thing. I, I, I think it can be. I'm, I'm excited about my marriage. I'm happily married. But when, when it's a situation where we, we figure that the marriage relationship is going to make us happy, we're probably not looking to, to Christ in the, the way it was intended. I think that's. I think it's excellent, and I think it's important for people to not get literal either when we say equally yoked, because there are different styles, and as mm-hmm. to way the way that God works with us and, and and interacts with us, and some people may be, you know, more prone to deep study, and right. their spouse can have the same level of passion and commitment to right. Christ, but experience God in a different manner. 
right? Any analogy taken to it, taken to its nth exactly. degree. And so it's important to realize, I mean, somebody may have known the Lord for a longer period of time. I'm not saying, well, they have to know the Lord for the same amount of time. Right, but exactly. I think there, there does need to be, whatever, however their personality expresses it, there does need to be a deep passion for Jesus Christ. And not have um, those walls that come up when, wow, that person doesn't want to go there or talk right, like that right. or, or go to, to the Lord in prayer about this issue. Right. And we're often drawn to opposites. Right. So we may be drawn to kind of a spiritual quality or characteristic in, a, in, in another person that maybe is not as strong in us and vice versa. So those, those opposite elements are important, but it, it needs to be where the center for each individual is Jesus Christ. Well, you know, I think that's a great point. I know that, that I am more in a more intuitive thinker, so I love metaphors and analogies. And I look right. at everything through a metaphor and analogy, and I can like right. dial it down to the, this, these details, and then I make this big picture, and and it's very exciting to me. And my husband is very literal, so right. I'll give him this great analogy, and he'll be like, "Well, that's cool, but well, I, I, what am I supposed to do with it?" Right. <laughs> you know. And right. so it's a very different way. And those opposites, that piece, really has helped me to grow mm-hmm. and to explain God differently. To right. respect how other people perceive him differently, and and to really know God more deeply because I I, I see him differently. Right, right. Okay, so num- so number three. Um, I may have gone over a couple. Uh, yes. That <laughs> I didn't give numbers to, so let me just kind of backtrack for a second. Um, don't marry someone um, who believes that there's a back door. Okay, now that one you haven't talked about yet. Okay. So do that uh, one. That's really so, important. So if a person is approaching marriages, let's, let's give this a try. Let's see if this works. And we certainly live in a day where that is the, the mindset of, of our society. Let's try this out. Let's see if it works. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, well, okay, we'll just part ways and, you know, we'll, we'll both move on. But I, I really think it's important to see marriages as a relationship with no back door. Um, there are a few scenarios that I think Scripture does point to, but generally speaking, there's not a backdoor to the marriage relationship, and I think there's a reason why God created it that way. I think he knew that if there was a backdoor, we'd be prone to take it. We'd be prone to say, hey, this is, this is harder than I want it to be, you know, it's got to be easier than this, this isn't making me happy, all those things where we want to. Now, it's very easy to fake it, because we live in a, a culture, a Christian culture, that says, no, it's, it's a lifetime covenant. And it's easy for a person to say, oh, yeah, I'm in. I'm in for, for a lifetime. What's important, I think, to see is how does that person deal with other individuals? How do they deal with a mom or dad? How do they deal with friendships? How do they deal with their boss at work? You know, are they willing to just kind of call in sick because they just don't feel like going in? Um, you know, are there some things where loyalty and commitment can be seen in that person so that if you see them in those areas, it's much more likely if they're saying that they're committed to the marriage relationship, that that is going to be something that they are committed to. I think that's imperative. And some of that has to do with that pre-engagement counseling to right. really see how a person, you know, that, that kind of a character quality, how they really view, you know, marriage. And what does that really mean? I'm yeah. willing to stick it out forever and I don't have a back door. What does that really mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think in some ways, and this may be I'm, I'm, I'm stepping out on a limb and saying this, but I, I believe that in some ways it's more important how that person relates to other individuals than just how they relate to you. Because when you see, you know, in, in the, the relationship, yeah, there's excitement, I'm in love, all those things are motivating positive behavior. But when you see a person relate to someone you know, on the street or, or, or a friend or someone at work or whatever it may be, you're getting to see them 
kind of in that day-to-day life where there's not that excitement, there's not, there's not a romantic feeling towards that other person. So you really kind of get to see their character at a deeper level, who they really are. Well, I was just, I was going to absolutely just say that. That is a character issue. It's like, am I this person everywhere I go, or am I just doing this for you to capture this prize? Right. And, and I think that is so amazing when you really say to yourself, I need to see this person in all these different areas. How do they talk to their mom? How do they talk to their yeah. brothers and sisters? What are they like at work? What do people at work say about them? What are they like to their neighbors? How do they treat pets? You know, right. how, how do they treat the waitress at the, at, mm-hmm. you know, how do they treat my friends? You yeah. know, these types of things are so important to see consistency in someone because that's what you want to be able to rely on when things get right. tough. Right. Absolutely. So, so do you have another one for us? Another reason not to marry? Um, don't marry someone because others want you to, I mentioned. Yes, we did uh, that one. Don't marry someone because you're in love and want to become happy. Right. Um, <laughs> right. The unequal, uh, don't marry someone who's not a spiritual equal. Yes. Um, because that's, that's really an important thing. And then what kind of what I alluded to, maybe didn't state it as such, but don't marry someone if there are unresolved issues in someone's life. That might be your own life or it might be the other person's. But as best you can, and I'm not saying you get to the place of perfection. We never do this side of eternity. But have I faced those areas in life that I've tried to push away? And we do a pretty good job of trying to push our pain away. So if, if a person has dealt with those issues, if, again, if they haven't seen a good marriage, to, to be able to really grieve that, to be able to, to face the pain of, there's some hurt that I've experienced because I didn't see a model that I would really be drawn to, that I really believe is, is God's intent for us. And then let me just mention one other one. This probably is not keeping to five, but six is all right. Don't marry someone for the sake of security. Absolutely. It's easy to, to marry someone because you want financial security, or if a person has a child, they want a, a parent for that child. Not that, you know, uh, you know, if a person is not working and has never worked, I mean, obviously you want to have that as a consideration, but it's easy to try to pursue a relationship for the sake of security, and I don't think it's a very, a very strong reason. Well, you know, I'm glad you said that, because we're about two minutes out, I think. One minute, sorry, one minute. And I really wanted to say to people, please do not marry the person simply because you had sex with them. You know, we have people that are are struggling with making good decisions sexually, and I have people that are, you know, started having sex, and now they're in a sexual relationship, and they feel compelled out of guilt to then marry. And that is not a reason to marry. So, Glenn, thank you so much for being on the show today. Very helpful. It was my pleasure. Very helpful. And so we hope to have Yvonne again soon. I want you to stay on the line after after I end the show. And so we just really bless you, and thank you so much for the work that you do. Thank you, Cynthia. I appreciate that very much. Well, this is uh, Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm so glad you joined us today. And I want to make sure that you remember to go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can find this show if you did not get to listen to it, or if you want to listen to it again or share it with someone, that, that, that is on the website, and you can take advantage of that. And next week, we are doing Why God Wants Us in Relationships, and that is kind of bringing a lot of these other three shows together that we have done. So I hope that you have a blessed week. And that you join us again next week. Thank you again. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. 
We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at faithtalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.